This sermon for the fifth Sunday of Lent is on the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. And I strongly urge you to take out your Bibles at home and read the sacred text. While our natural tendency is to focus on the miracle of a corpse being brought back to life, I would like to shift the focus from the miracle to the many layers of chaos the miracle took place in. The first layer, radical disappointment in Jesus. We are told in the gospel that Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus that their brother was ill. Clearly, they expected Jesus to come right away and heal their brother. At a time when there were no medications to speak of, illness was frightening. The text tells us Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So it was odd, to say the least, that Jesus deliberately delayed coming to Lazarus' aid. The second layer of chaos. Confusion. I'm willing to bet Jesus' decision confused his disciples. Perhaps some of them wondered, why is he delaying? If that is how he treats a friend he loves, would he do that to me? Don't we sometimes ask, Lord, where are you when I need you? Jesus gives no rational explanation for not going to Lazarus. The bottom line is disturbing. Jesus will allow the friend he loves to suffer and die. And he will allow the pain of death to inflict Mary and Martha, whom he also loves. The third layer of chaos, the trauma to Lazarus' soul. You know, a point that so often goes ignored is the struggle a soul undergoes when it's separated from the body at the moment of death. Lazarus could not communicate with his loved ones. And that is very disorienting, very alarming, very disturbing for the soul. All his loved ones could do is mourn and offer prayers to alleviate the trauma of this new transition that Lazarus was making. Lazarus went into his judgment, and he saw all the good that he had done in his life as well as the evil. Judaism then and today believes in a period of purification after death. Lazarus was well into that process. The fourth layer of chaos, the mourning Martha and Mary endured. They reached out to Jesus. They trusted him. They knew he loved them and their brother. But refusing to come right away? What kind of love is that? Martha and Mary were sitting Shiva, a Jewish mourning ritual that lasted for seven days. Family members did no work but received guests and friends into their home who brought food in for the family. Family members had only one task, to mourn. Not simply the loss of a loved one, but also for what their loved one 
was enduring in making the transition from this world to the next. Even today, observant Jews will sit shiva, sitting on a very low chair or a box to show that death has brought them low. Those sitting shiva do not leave the house, and they are not to be distracted by anything. A lamp or a candle would be kept burning as a memorial to Lazarus and today to the memory of a loved one. The fifth layer of chaos. Martha and Mary's mourning was interrupted. The gospel tells us that Jesus arrived in Bethany where the sisters lived. Four days after Lazarus died. Why four? Well, we'll get to that shortly. Lazarus' corpse was in the tomb. Martha got news of Jesus' arrival and bolted from the house, violating all the protocol of sitting Shiva. And she let Jesus have it. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You know, the Lord is not afraid of our anger. He is not offended by our anger, which so often emerges not from what we know, but from what we don't know, but think we know. Still, and this is critical, Martha allowed herself, despite her anger and inner turmoil, to be consoled by Jesus. Do we allow that? Then Martha went to Mary and told her, the teacher is here and is asking for you. Now, Jesus knew that Mary was observing Shiva. He knew it was utterly inappropriate to ask her to leave the house, and certainly Mary knew she shouldn't, but she did. And when she saw him, she fell at his feet and also stated the obvious. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The gospel tells us that those who had come to observe Shiva also followed Mary, thinking she was going to the tomb to weep there. And what does that tell us? Chaos is infectious. And what was going through their minds when they saw Mary fall at Jesus' feet and address him as Lord? the sixth layer of chaos, Jesus' human experience. Yes, he is God. Yes, he shares the fullness of divinity with his Father. Yes, his word has all the power and authority of his Father's word. And yet the gospel tells us when Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews would come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? Why did God cry? The ancient fathers of the church were very much intrigued with this event and offer a variety of explanations. Hippolytus, around the year 230, wrote, 
Jesus wept to give us an example of sympathy and kindliness toward our fellow human beings. St. Ephraim the Syrian, a great ancient poet, wrote around the year 365, his tears were like the rain, and Lazarus like a grain of wheat, and the tomb like the earth. St. Augustine around the year 390 wrote, why did Christ weep except to teach us to weep? St. Peter Chrysologus around the year 415 wrote, Christ was deeply agitated with his inner organs all in turmoil because at this point he was going to raise up only Lazarus and not yet all the dead. The ancient fathers perceived Jesus' humanity united to ours when confronted with death while at the same time as God, he knows how things will end the seventh layer of chaos, robbing death of its human trophy. Jesus ordered that the stone in front of Lazarus' tomb be taken away. At this, Martha pleaded with him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He's been dead for four days. She calls him Lord, yet note how she is trapped in the death of unbelief. Would it be fair to ask if that describes us at times? Even those in the crowd of mourners acknowledged that Jesus healed a man born blind, something never known to have happened, and questioned why Jesus didn't do something to prevent Lazarus from dying. Jesus delayed his arrival until four days after Lazarus' death. Why? So his corpse would be well into the process of decomposition with absolutely no possibility of being restored. Jesus would show that his divine authority extends beyond death and decomposition. Imagine the sheer horror and disgust among the crowd as the stone over the tomb was moved, as the stench of a rotting corpse wafted over them. It is as if death mocks the living, saying, I am death. This is what I've done to Lazarus. This is what I will do to you. None can escape me. Despair. There is no hope. Jesus was in the center of all those swirling, intersecting, overlapping layers of chaos. And yet, what was the first thing he did? He gave praise to his Father. Do we praise God in the layers of chaos we experience? Is that our first instinct? Then, according to the sacred text, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Notice. Notice 
Jesus called his friend by name. There were two previous resurrections from the dead. The only son of the widow of Naim, Jesus simply said, young man, get up. The daughter of a synagogue official, he simply said, little girl, get up. But here, he called Lazarus by name. This is important. Because when we are raised from our graves, Jesus will call us by our names. Because if we are faithful to him, he will address us as his friends that he loves. But what happened in that moment? Just as the Father's word brought all things into existence in the mystery of creation, so too the Son's word brought Lazarus back into existence in the mystery of recreation. In that moment, all the layers of chaos replaced by layers of glory. In that moment, decomposition not only stopped, but was instantly reversed. In that moment, the stench of death gave way to the perfume of paradise. In that moment, Lazarus' soul was reunited with his restored body, and Lazarus' heart beat, his lungs breathed, his muscles functioned. He stood up, he came out of the tomb. In that moment, death howled in anger and in agony. As it shall again, in our resurrection. But there's more. The gospel tells us that as Lazarus came out, still bound by the burial cloths, Jesus said to the crowd, untie him and let him go. Now think about this. If Jesus has the power to reverse death and restore life, surely he had the power to remove the burial cloths. So why didn't he? He left the burial cloths on as signs of the powers that death still threatens us with. Signs of the chaos and fears that death is always trying to overwhelm us with. Signs of despair and hopelessness that death wants us to accept. And we, the church, the community of disciples, are called, empowered, to untie each other from all those fears. With what? The quiet gift of hope that each of us has been infused with in our baptism. Yes, death will come for each of us, but we have the assurance it cannot have the last word over us or our loved ones if we believe. We have Jesus' promise that the layers of chaos created by death will give way to layers of glory.